0: With Shauna. I'm Shauna Anthony and I welcome you to my broadcast. And so, first of all, for those of you that are just tuning in for the first time, this broadcast was created to empower, encourage, and give solutions to women as we face different obstacles and situations in our lives. We are going to hear from women who are experts or are persevering or have had victory over their own obstacles in their life. And we also are going to be offering resources and solutions to those obstacles so that you can get unstuck and begin to thrive in your life. So, It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas out there here on the BC wet coast, west coast. It's been snowing and it is minus six and it feels like a minus 30. So I don't know where you are right now, where you're tuning in from, but I hope that you are feeling warm and cozy and safe wherever you are, because I'm telling you, it's beginning to look a lot more like Christmas out there. And I cannot believe that, It is one week away from Christmas. So, so glad that you joined us today. And in this season of giving, we want to let you know that we have a special gift just for you. If you go onto my website, shaunaanthony.com forward slash gift, you will see that we have a free journal that we've created. And let me tell you, it is a beautiful journal. It's called She's Anchored in Hope. And it's a 30-day reflection of goals, thoughts, and it's decorated throughout with my favorite flower, the lily. So you can go also, um, again, on tashanaanthonycom forward slash gift and get a copy for yourself. Give yourself a Christmas gift, or if you know someone else who loves to journal, we would love for them to have that as well. Okay, we're going to transition. tonight. I have chosen for my mug, because we're talking about something very special, we're going to talk about finding hope through community. And this particular mug is together is my favorite place to be. And we all need to have community. We all need to have support In our lives. So I hope that you have some form of community through friends, through clubs, organizations, church, where you can feel connected. And so I'm so excited to have our guest host. Uh, Our guest today is Lisa Yost. She is from Washington, and I'm really excited about this topic because it's been a hard year. For so many of us, a lot of us have suffered, my goodness, I'm going to start that again. A lot of us have suffered losses. Again, for those of you who already know, I have suffered the loss of my dad through cancer. And uh, a lot of us have faced losses of loved ones. And uh, even though we may be struggling through this time, maybe we're struggling through our own illnesses, we are never meant to struggle alone. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what Lisa has to share with us tonight about things that she's going through and her journey to finding hope through community. So without further ado, Lisa Yos, thank you so much for being a part of my broadcast. I'm so honored that you're here tonight.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So I'm just going to read a little bit about what you've sent to us. So Lisa is a creative person and entrepreneur. She has authored two do-it-yourself books and has been featured on the Home and Garden Television Network. She is currently a designer for chalk culture, and a digital designer for files for lasers. At 41 years of age, she won the title of Mrs. Washington in 2011 and competed in the nationally televised Mrs. America pageant. Woohoo! Yay! Awesome! So it's exciting, exciting, and another thing as well that she didn't mention, but I want to mention is she is the younger sister of my dear friend Kim McKinnis. Kim and Alan did episode two, and they talked about singleness and remarriage. This is a beautiful family that I'm coming to to get to know. So again, I can't say enough, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you. Uh, I, just as you were saying that like the one element I forgot was put my phone on do not disturb so a call came in that i <laughs> trying to get rid of <laughs> life happens life happens for sure no one could call me all day but as soon as I do something live I get a phone call <laughs> of course
0: of course that's that's just the way it
1: goes sometimes right
0: so let's okay. just jump right into here we've got we've got some pain points and what we call our obstacles, starting with our, our ABCs. And I love what you put forward. So let's, let's talk about some of those things. So one of the things you wanted to share with our audience tonight was one of the obstacles that you have faced was not feeling a part of something. Do you want to just talk about
1: that for a second? Yeah. So for me in my life, I've had um a lot of things go on as everybody has. I'm no different than anybody else, right? But um I've always been like an outgoing person involved and um always busy, busy, busy in, in ministry, in businesses and women's groups and all these things most of my life and children, all those kind of things. And um for me, my husband passed away. And um and my whole life changed. And so mm-hmm. I was married to him for 30 years and had two boys. They were grown. Um, yeah, but we were right at that empty nesting point in our lives. And yeah. and ch- so and my whole life just flipped upside down and changed. Um, and so for me, I lost touch with a lot of um groups that I was with and yeah. and just kind of my friends and you know, normal people that we hung around with and things like that were it was everything was different. And so, uh, you know, I just found myself um in this place. And um I did remarry. I I married uh, my actually kindergarten sweetheart. And so wow. um um we have it's a beautiful story and you know, for another time. And uh, but even so, um I had him and he was he's my everything and you know my my adult sons are they're I mean of course they're my everything too, but they're not around me all the time and they're not right. you know wanna hang with me all the time. So um, after I married my uh, husband, now Rick, um, I just wanted to be with him. I mean, and still, I got to say, he's my best friend in the world. I, he's all I want to be with. I would just, we could turn all the lights off, curl up in a corner and I'll be happy as can be. But I found myself getting isolated mm-hmm. and he I, he can't be with me all the time <laughs> as much <laughs> as I want. Um, and so I just found myself like realizing I don't have any friends or I don't have anybody else to talk to or um, anything kind of to. Keep me busy in a way besides cleaning house every day and doing making meals and <laughs> so. um So well, I just realized I was missing something. You know, so, so Lisa, that happens
0: with so many people that that lose a spouse because mm-hmm. you had a life that you that you built together. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like you just said, you just hit on something. Something stops. So so all of your friends did your friendships change because you had all your friends in common like what was happening because I have so many friends right now that have lost a spouse that yeah. are dealing with that so um you know, what happened during that you you said you know you went from it, it sounded like you were very active you had a lot of life 30 years together and then all of a sudden boom
1: yeah it just my life was already changing a little bit I'd say because of empty nesting and now yeah, you know. Of cleaning house in my world, and yeah. and you know, what brought me joy, what brought me conflict in my life? So, I was kind of already there, I was mm. changing career, and so, um, I guess it was, uh, yeah, our old groups or people, couples, and things that we hung out with that just wasn't anymore, mm. just, just wasn't anymore, um, and honestly. I'm the, I was the easygoing one. So I, we would do things more with people he was friends with than, than my people. So right. I still have friends are mine, you know, but it, it was like any, our couples and even his side of the family, that whole thing just fell apart. Um, we went through really hard stuff with that. that you that's, know?
0: that's really hard. That, that is so much loss and so much, so much loss, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. so much
0: loss when we lose somebody and lose a
1: spouse. So so it, many everything changes everything changes. And yeah, I didn't,
0: how, how long ago oh, was that? Sorry. How long ago was that?
1: That was, it'll be um, five years, I believe next month. Five years. So, okay. Yeah. And, and when did you meet the new love of your life?
0: Again, well, reconnect
1: with your kindergarten, sweetheart, you said. You're, Um, he, we actually, he saw me at a class reunion before I, before my husband passed away Hmm. and, and we were just, we we already knew each other. We, we never dated. We never ran in the same crowd. (laughs) I was the girl and he was the bad boy. So we, not, not, not totally bad, but different. And, um, so we knew each other. We'd see each other reunions here or there and, um, you know, hi, how you doing? Our dads work together in the, in the carpentry field and things. So um, never had any ill feelings towards him or anything. And um anyway, I saw him the class reunion and we just became friends on Facebook like anybody else. So we right. were all your friends and talking a little bit about, you know, things in the past. Yeah. And um, and then, you know, when my husband suddenly passed away, um he he was a friend to me. he reached out and um just was, you know, like, what do, what do you need? I, I lost both my parents. I lost my my best friend um yeah. when he was. And you know, I've been through so much loss. He was just really so considerate and just a friend. And through all that, you know, and when it first happens, everybody's kind of on you and wanting to know what you need and and you can't deal with the thing. Yeah. You know, you can't think about what you need and, and you know, all these and then and then it all dies down and then there's a the lull. And then everybody's afraid to talk to you. Yes. Because you don't want to say the wrong thing and right. where you're at. And it's just yes. this weird world you're in you know it is a weird world yes it is and i i do it too i get it but not now now i'm i'm pretty easily talk to anybody about anything but um so he was he was just always there and you know i had i was going down like taking my boys to go to the um the dunes we would go riding in the dunes and we went and stayed down there and um he uh he was like, I remember I telling him, um, yeah, he goes, well, what are you doing today? I said, well, I'm going to Costco. He goes, do you need help? I can come help you unload. He just something, you know, he was just so kind and thoughtful and he wasn't after me or anything at that point. I mean, he liked me, yes, but it wasn't like that at all. Right. So, um, just through that. And I, I mean, I was I, I, he was just a friend. It wasn't a big deal. I mean, we just, just, I don't know. I just realized he, He was the one. So So great. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm so glad
0: that that happened for you and that you were able to, to find each other and move to move to a new phase of your life. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, So point two, you talked about, and you alluded to it, but let's talk about it a little bit more about that feeling of being isolated. So that can happen. You're going through this transition of loss. You talked about being an empty nester. I'm just starting to encounter that right now. My oldest son is 26, so he's been out of the house for a while, but my youngest is 18, will be 19 in a few weeks, goes to University of British Columbia, and Mike and I, my husband, we're finding, wow, we've got all this extra time in our hands. So yeah, yeah there's a little bit of feeling, yeah, the, the family dynamic has changed a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about that, that feeling of isolation.
1: Yeah, well, it feels it's it's you know, you've you've you when you're a parent, you know, whether you've given birth to a child or adopted, you know, you you've taken care of their life and their mm-hmm. every need. Yes. And it's all you know, you know, you've done for so long and, and you and you know, as a mom and most moms do, we put everybody before ourselves. And so totally. uh, when, you know, now it's like they don't need you so much. You know, yeah. you know my the boys. So boys are my boys are not like though so they call me, we FaceTime and we text and things, but they're not as talkative as girls. So, you know. Oh,
0: are they not? They are so not. And I you know you said I think, it but, uh, two boys, right? Mothers yeah. and boys, we know.
1: Yeah. They're really short to the point, but we have a great time. We do hang out together and everything when we can, but, um, you know, just that feeling of, okay, now what, you know, what, what do I do? You know? Okay. So I was, I, I was, I did take a job working in the makeup industry and I was working my way up that route that, that time, yeah. and, you know, but um, I so I was trying to build something outside of my home for myself yes. and, uh, and that was really great. And that really helped to, you know, keep me from focusing on the sadness of not having my boys around, you know, totally. so, you know, it's, um, but luckily for me and the boys, we are, especially after the dad passed away. Well, we've always, my boys and I've always been really close. And, um, but after the am they're even, I mean, we're even closer, I guess. And, and, and what they rely or need me for, or they're there for me, you know, or maybe they wouldn't have always just picked up the phone. Like my oldest is hilarious. He's a go getter. He's my mini me. And he, uh, He'll pick up the phone. He's like, "What do you? Okay, what do you need? I, I'm I'm moving a trailer right now. I'm thinking. Well, why didn't you? Why did you pick up the phone? But he does. He picks up the phone whenever I call, pretty much. You know. Oh, that's but great. Yeah, really appreciate that. You know. Yeah, we worked some things, but um, but really, once the kids are out of the house and you know things are. Are different, you know, it's 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 kind of trying to find where where you're where people where you're needed, what your purpose. You kind of almost think, what's my purpose now? What's you know? my
0: purpose now? Which is their next point? So let's let's talk about um you talked about retiring from your job, you talked about feeling isolated through the pandemic. So talk about that as you're saying, okay, I'm going through this transition, like kind of an upheaval you know, the loss, the, the boys growing up. So let's, let's go into that part of, of your story then about some of the things that you were doing to help give you purpose.
1: So, yeah. So after, um, well, I did, I well so the, the makeup job that I was working into, like mm-hmm. I said, outside the home, I'd worked my way up to like my dream job position, which um was a, a sales and training coordinator. And I, I was in Washington, Idaho and Alaska. It was big deal mm-hmm. it was really fun really enjoyed it but the grief even though I was married remarried to Rick and everything grief still had a hold of me you know I still sad still say you know I, I mean you know I my, my, always say my poor husband he took on a grieving woman that continues to just grieve and grieve <laughs> so you know but he's he's he that's a part of our world and it's just the way it is and it's okay mm-hmm. um and so um anyways I had I quit my job and I was gonna quit Anyways, before me and him got married, because um, I just felt the grief was I didn't deal with it. And I, I, I just knew I needed to step away and do something, you know, take care of myself somehow or get myself together um, before I, I lost control of it, I felt like, you know, and so, you know, we got married and and then I had the safety of him and someone there and all the things with that and a new home I had to move into and, you know, figure out. And that was a transition in itself. Cause I just felt like I, nothing of mine was here, you know, it was just, it was all his. And, and I had to assimilate myself into this home and make it my, and of course my husband was wonderful. He said, do what you do, whatever you want. Put up pictures, decorate, do anything you want. He does. He gives me free reign. I can do anything. I change out light fixtures. I remodel the bathroom. I find things, you know, that I want to do. And literally this house, when I came in here, had motocross pictures and left. It, <laughs> it was, was not it a-, it was a man cave. It was a man <laughs> cave before you came. Yeah. Uh, Needless to say, there's not as many horns around and there's certainly uh- no motor. <laughs> But he did get me into motocross, so I I actually learned more about it, and I've gone to it with him, and I actually enjoy it now, but I don't want pictures of it on my wall. (laughs) But (laughs) so I stumbled across um, this Chop couture. It's actually pronounced couture, Chop couture, Um, this company, a direct sales company, and and I, I was in my former life. Like you said, I'd written some books. I did soldering art. I um, had a company, a business that I ran for years and I um, have books published. I got to be on HGTV. I got some real fun time with that. I love. Wow. Um, but I, that kind of I'm like I mentioned before we were on camera and I'm, I'm an ADHD person. So I'm all over and I, I, fi- I do something for a while. I'm addicted. I go all in and then I'm burned out. And then I move on to the next thing. So, um, so anyways, I found, I hadn't done creativity for a while, except for with makeup, which again, that's like, that's creative because you get to make faces, always something new. And I love inspiring people and helping them to feel good and helping them to create. So when I taught classes, I loved making things. And then I watched people, the joy of them, look what I made, you know, or, and makeup and feeling good or self-esteem and, um. And all that. So, anyways, I ran across this. I saw an ad for this chalk couture business, and I didn't even want to start a business, but I thought it'd be fun to get into. And so I just signed up as a demonstrator and I taught classes my whole life, done things. So I thought oh, I'll just do this. And so, but what really came out of that wasn't so much the business. I can't say I'm making a million dollars and retiring or anything like that. Um, I mean, I've done okay in it, but the community of fellow designers there in that made the difference for me there
0: it is you found your community
1: that community of of like-minded people and um and and i just met i've met some of the most wonderful women and Mm -hmm. that i know i'll be forever that don't live here they're all long distance um we see they're maybe at a convention or we have our group chats or things and then the leadership in the company too i really enjoyed them and, um, you know, i I got I've known all of them by name. They know me by name. you know that that sense of um, yes. something my worth or what I get. I've got you know, I had some purpose in not only sharing my love of of crafting and art, it was also, um, yeah, you know, the, the relationships with people is what was the biggest part for me, you know, that's kept me there. And then, when I go out and do trade shows and things and I meet people in person and I get to talk to them and and inspire them, and it, it, maybe they don't even buy anything from me. It, I don't. It doesn't matter. I mean, I can't tell you how much after becoming a widow, how many widows are are brought to me by God or drawn to me. I don't know. Yes, but I'll I'll hug and hug with them and cry with them and pray for them and you know and on all kinds of things. Just meeting. So the crafty part of that. Yes. Uh, not so much about a business for sales for me. It's more so that connection with people
0: absolutely and you do it so well because I have and I think you're st- are you still doing the shows the live shows on Saturdays
1: I haven't been like <laughs> I did
0: I did you know pop in a couple of times to check you and I went yeah. yeah I got it I, and you inspired me and that's why I reached out to you right uh, because not only you know do I love your sister but mm-hmm. I just thought and you just you you you're very magnetic and you're very charismatic. Personality, oh, you have a real warmth about you as well, Lisa. That's so real. And oh, uh, you know what I'm about as well. And I'm so happy to hear you say that it, it's just a sense of community and connection with other women. And I really believe that with the pain and the things that we have gone through in our lives, that we can offer hope and healing to other women that are going through the same. And, and you can speak the language of a woman that has lost a spouse. Yes. more than than somebody who who hasn't for example and you would just have the
1: right words and the right things to say to that person i believe well, it is you know you know that it is it is something that you yeah i mean you know some people can say something to you about it and it's all nice and all that but it's mm-hmm. one thing, it's just the, it's just knowing knowing what it, you just know what it feels like and so if i and i i have like recently this last year two friends um who both lost their husbands at uh, one was early fifties and one was a uh, late forties. And, um, yeah. you know, just, and, uh, one's a friend, we don't even really know how we're, how, how we how we became friends on the internet kind of thing, but she lives in my town and we've talked and, um, and then the other one lives far away now. And, um, again, not super close, but I've been able to help, help them, you know, with just messaging them, you know, talking to them, sharing if, I mean, uh, any kind of tragedy for me, it's like if something good has to come from this, something yes, yes. good has to happen that's, and yes, and that's the only way I feel better is if i'm if I am helping someone or doing good or you know doing something doing something for someone else is the way that I personally feel you know better it just it, it, it helps me so a hundred percent, and that was
0: really why I started down this journey of having a broadcast because it came from a pain point in my life mm-hmm. where I had to transition out of a career that just was not satisfying. There was, there was toxicity in the environment. It didn't engage my heart, you know, so I kind of went through a, a mini personal crisis mm-hmm. spring of, of 2021, same kind of thing as you is what next. But I thought, mm-hmm. you know, in, in my own faith, Uh, with the Lord, it was something good has got to come out of this. Something good has got to come out through all of my struggling and all of my wrestling. And I thought the thing that got me up every single day to get going was hope. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: it would be For me, it was praying and it would be studying the Bible and being around people that had experienced the same things that I was going through. And I thought we just need to have hope. And even in the dark threads of our life, there is hope. And if we don't have hope, then we're in trouble. And so that's what this is about. And that's what inspired me to ask you to be here tonight because you do inspire. And I'm so happy to hear that as you come across other women in your community and your connection, that women are being drawn to you and that you're giving them that bit of hope. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, So many women need to hear that. And um, I was just on Facebook today and a friend from high school lost her husband a few years ago and she's still struggling today she hasn't met mm. somebody new and the saddest thing that she shared was you know sometimes people just don't understand people are expecting well don't you think it's time to move on now and it's like grief does not have an an expi- what's the word i'm saying i don't want to say expiration date but it's like it just changes color and form the for years but i mean you want to be able to talk about that person and and you know she was saying there are people that just don't want to talk about yeah, they well they, that they person, don't want you to be sad. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it's sad. We need to give that grief and that loss of voice.
1: Right. And that
0: that spouse was a very important part to somebody's life. So right. talk about that person. Right? Yeah. To talk about that person. Reminisce
1: the it's, good times. It's, it's hard for people because they don't want you to be sad, you know, and so yes. I mean, and it's funny because I do tell people I'm a widow and I do because I want them to kind of know where I come from sometimes. And, um, but I kind of, I always quickly say, Oh, I'm remarried. And like, oh, then you could just see that they're, they're relieved. Like, Oh, oh, he goes, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes. It's, it's not, it's, 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 I guess what I've learned is I didn't, I didn't understand grief. I didn't understand any of this fully, you know? Um, and, um, I understand now that, uh, you know, grief is just like this, this thing, right? And it's there. And I thought, well, grief goes away and it melts smaller. No grief stays there. It doesn't change. What happens is your life builds around it. And mm-hmm. so you have to keep building around it, building around it. And sometimes I think of it as like sand. And then sometimes that sand will dip down and you go right back down in that grief that's down in here. And then, then you dig your way back out and build around, build around, but that gr- the grief doesn't really change, but you have to build life around it and events and things and um you know but it's something that unfortunately you know you you love that hard it's gonna be that hard to live with them being gone too so
0: thank you so much so let's talk about some of the insights some resources and some solutions that we can help people that are going through that who who may have just be feeling overwhelmed during this time, may not feel like, oh, I really don't feel like celebrating Christmas this year. Yeah. I don't feel that joy. Uh, one of the things I'm taking from you as you're sharing your story is that, you know, you had some intention, you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep moving forward and saying, okay, now what, what is my life gonna look like now? So why don't you uh, give us some, some tips and ideas of what you think that, would help us as we I, move forward.
1: I think that, you know, as uh, so when you're in these places cuz we talked about my husband but also as Shana, Shana knows as well that um my nephew passed away in May and that's been yeah. just sister's son and um, and he was like a son to me too. Yeah. And that was just been incredibly hard.
0: Really. And awesome.
1: uh, brings back everything. And so but you when you're in these places um you t- nothing seems to really matter, right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of don't feel like you care about anything, but there are things that matter and there are things and you have to kind of figure out in yourself, well, what really matters? What really makes a difference with what I do with my time and who I am and what I am in this world? Because, you know, well, it, honestly, I guess I thought like if Jesus were coming, if I knew Jesus was coming next week, what would yeah. I do to get order? Well, mm-hmm. I should be, anyway, <laughs> you know, and I, mean you know, I don't feel like it, or what if I were to leave this earth? Um, what would I, what would I do? And I, I mean, cool. I honestly thought, oh my gosh, I'd get rid of everything. And I would write a book and I, yeah. you know, all these things that I want people to know and do And why don't I do that now? Now I'm not saying I've got all my stuff together to do all that, but I think about those things. Um, and so, um, so, but that's really big, right? So it may be overwhelming to go big or maybe you can get into a big project and really just dive in and that's okay too. But maybe not. And I feel like a lot of people with grief are a little gun shy. Like I'm the most outgoing person, but I became very, especially through the pandemic, I became very recluse, very at oh. home. I want to go out. Anxiety was stopping me. Yeah. And so finding little things. So for me like um like finding a Facebook group of of like minded people. Um now for me the the grief groups um didn't really help me. So don't like go run away gun shy or, you know, like Ugh, this didn't work out. Like we even went right. to a grief, a grief support group for the holidays. My sister invited us to, and we went as a family. Mm-hmm. I went there and I felt so angry. Like I wanted to punch everybody in the face. That was my right. angry there. Okay. I was that. mad at things. I was not receptive. Now it worked out in the fact that when we broke off into small groups, it was just my family and we talked and there was a little thing to go through and it was helpful, but like, I wasn't ready to sit in a room with other people. I wasn't ready for that. And so you have to know that and it's okay. It's perfectly okay. A Zoom meeting, you can get in and out of, that's a good way to do it. Or the grief groups, some of the grief groups were really good that you find that you you like minded things. And, and 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 again, it may not be the first group you come across. You may have to find a few different ones, but something right to have a to find something, you know, to inspire you. So let's say it's not even like that. Maybe it's not even a support group. So like I I've, I've been I grew my gray hair in, okay? I let the gray it so looks the big,
0: gorgeous by the way. <laughs> by the way.
1: Uh, well
0: done you. My goodness.
1: It's, it's a hard thing. Kim's hair, my sister who is on, she, beautiful. I love her hair. I love her. And hair so too. I did my gray grow in. I did it once before and then I someone said something made me feel bad and I dyed it. Anyways oh. I had some so again, well, not everybody supports me in that. My husband and my family does, but I saw, so I found these like groups with people growing their hair out great. And I can't tell you how inspiring they've been and how supportive. And every time I come across them, I'm complimenting them. And I'm, you know, it's kind of a whole nother little direction. I'm kind of going, I am I wanted to start my own group. So I, I made a name for my group. But it's um called, I, I didn't share this with you because it's still new. I'm still developing it, but it gives me something to kind of work on and focus on. But it's called adorned with silver because when you're, I love it. You're you're decorated and something celebrated and and it's something you should be proud of and beautiful instead of being like oh you're an old lady you know and so I I I, feel. Passionate about gray hair right now <laughs> it's
0: <my Yay>. <laughs> oh because i was just saying to uh my producer that you just met i said i just did the little powder on my roots right right powder I'm- and i thought you know what when you just said i'm gonna own the silver i love what you all that yes
1: it's all my right. it's little side passion right now and I'm still kind of working on it but I have I get come up with these ideas and one idea for me leads to another to another to another but ultimately it's like how can I encourage and 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 support and love and and do things for others it's more that's giving to other people is it makes me feel better again like I yes. said before me feel yes. good it makes them so now my big thing is whenever I see women with gray hair I'm I always compliment them and I'm like, wow, your hair is really pretty. And I cannot tell you how many women I've seen just be like, what? No, the look. Um, me? Yeah. Like, when's the last time that woman got a compliment because she has gray hair? You know, I don't know. It's just, it's just that. So I, and then they, they notice, and then they say mine. I'm like, I'm trying to grow it in, you know, and they're, it just starts a thing, you know, and big deal. It's just hair, but it is a big deal. <laughs> it is a big deal.
0: It is a big deal, Lisa, because we are so saturated with the youth culture
1: right mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. have the wrinkles
0: you can't have the sags you can't have yeah. the, the gray you got to be as youthful looking as you possibly can so yeah
1: you inspired me again inspired. It should be something i mean it should be like i think about like men i, I yeah i think about like them like hey look at his beard it's growing in nice oh yeah that's a good beard i mean let me be like look at her silver it's coming in nice wow i like that yeah. silver Love it. I,
0: gonna,
1: I will join you i will join your train and we'll start a revolution. Exactly.
0: Of silver goddesses. There you go. Exactly. exactly, I love it. I love it. So thank you so much. So we want to move to the activation piece. Yes. And uh, to all of you who joined us today, I just want to say to you, don't be lonely. Make mm-hmm. a decision to say, I'm not going to be lonely. I'm not going to be isolated. I need to find my community. So. Take a step of faith. Go on the Facebooks like Lisa's done. And if it doesn't work the first time, there is another group out there. Whether it's a Greek group that didn't work, whether it's a Facebook group, whether it's whatever, there is a place and a community for you. So keep looking, believing in yourself and the transition and, and be hopeful. We, we're hopeful for you. So take that step for yourself, please. You're worth it. You're mm. worth it. Anything else you want to add, Lisa? I just, yeah,
1: I just think it takes, you know, um, people always say, oh, you're so strong or your strength. It takes bravery is what yes. it is. It's mustering up some bravery and ah, courage. And one thing I did too, is I just took a little job in the mornings. We our schedule with my husband and I, our lives. It's, I have to, I work very early in the morning with them. It's a very little job, but it's, it was scary. It was scary to put a resume out. It was scary to do a little interview. It was scary to work with new people. I don't even know how's it going to work out. Am I going to like them? I'm the old lady there. They're all young, <laughs> like, you know, it's just. but I fit in with the, you know, it works. And so it was, it was scary. I was, Oh, yeah. I, I, I shouldn't, I should I apply? Should I not kind of thing? And just, I think just muster that bravery and surprising things will happen. And, um, It's better than being at home crying in my dark room, you know? (laughs) So keep looking and keep finding. You can do it.
0: You can do it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so very much. So what I would like to do right now, I have been celebrating Advent and I want to now just draw attention to the Advent wreaths that I have behind me here. So, I'm just going to light the candles as I have done for the last couple of weeks. So, we're lighting the candles. Here we go. Four weeks of Advent. Getting them all. Here we go. Get that. All right, they're all lit. So. I want to read to you a blessing because today's Advent is the candle of love. The whole meaning of Christmas can be explained in one word, love. God in heaven, you sent a gift of pure love to us that first Christmas. Love descended from heaven to be born of a virgin. Love lay in a manger in Bethlehem. All of your love was robed in the delicate skin of a baby and wrapped in swaddling clothes. This final week of Advent helps us to reflect on the magnitude of love that was made manifest in Jesus the Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus Emmanuel, the King of Kings and the Messiah, who came not as a lion, but as a lamb, and as an innocent baby, whose purpose was to walk this earth in complete love and to sacrificially give his life for all humanity. There's no greater gift of love than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Emmanuel willingly gave the gift of love, his life for our salvation. He redeems us when we believe that he is the savior of the world. When we believe in that moment, he gives us the gift of God's love for always and forever, and we receive his grace upon grace and his mercy upon mercy. And the definition of love is this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, it rejoices in the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love really is the culmination of the Advent, because through knowing unconditional love, we experience hope and peace and joy. I also want to read to you a blog that I found from a website that I've been following a bit, Dr. Keith Abloh. And I don't know what his faith is, but it was a very compelling, and I wanna read it to you quickly. The article is called Resurrection Is Yours, A Christmas Gift From Pain to Power. All human beings have to survive pages or chapters of their life, stories that bring sadness, challenges, or self-esteem or even questions about how do we go on. No one gets through life without such events or phases, and sometimes prolonged phases. How can these darker threads of our life get woven into the fabric of our existence and still yield vibrant patterns? Writing on the topic of Christmas might seem odd after all. Everyone's supposed to be celebrating the holidays, feeling the joy, not dwelling on the past or the present pain. But the truth is that for millions of people, holidays bring up memories of those losses when times aren't joyous. And the lights of the holidays can cast long shadows in the lives of those who feel as though they shouldn't dwell on the darker thoughts. But what better time could there be actually to think about the will to survive than on Christmas when we celebrate the birth of Jesus who resurrected on Easter? What better time could there be to think about the will to survive than on Hanukkah, commemorating the victory of the Maccabees to reestablish their right to worship? These are stories of confronting adversity, yet being reborn, of confronting oppression, yet fighting through freedom. The similarity between psychiatry, self-help movements like pain to power, and Christianity has been something that has interested Dr. Keith Ablow for quite a long time. In fact, 10 years ago, he wrote a blog entitled, Was Jesus the First Psychiatrist? Very interesting. He continues, the fact that Christ is resurrected is a powerful fact for anyone seeking to restore themselves to well-being to life. Because in order to achieve a spiritual or psychological rebirth, you must be willing to abandon all the psychological defenses that kept you from seeing your life story for what it has been. That is including the fact that some people you very much hoped would love you did not love you. That the hopes that the world would be predictable were dashed by your unexpected loss. That you followed a path that felt easier when your real path would have been truer but harder. And that you are mortal and will have to say goodbye to everything and everyone you truly love which should only immeasurably enhance your very love of those very things and those very people. Interestingly, he writes, you have to be willing to die in order to live. So for those whose holidays are times when they find themselves searching for strength, not just celebrating, here are ways to survive anything. He says, first of all, find your faith no matter what. Be a part of an organization. Finding your faith means believing or just beginning to believe that very single event of your life can be used to make you a more giving and a more powerful person. Every event is part of a plan for you as an individual that isn't meant to hobble you, but is part of your life story story, and ultimately one of triumph. In our losses, we have the opportunity to become more loving. In our challenges, we have the opportunity to find more courage. In what seems like our defeats can be opportunities to build our resilience. Second, become vigilant for opportunities to turn your faith into concrete action. And Lisa was talking about this tonight, having intention, finding community. He says, I promise you there is more organization to the universe, God's ordered universe, than many people suspect. There's more organization in your life than you may suspect. Look for the moments to turn your adversity into power and you will find them. This is the nature of resurrection. Christ's death on the cross was not the end. It was the beginning of a miracle that transformed countless lives. You too will be resurrected, but you have to look for the opportunities to make that happen. Your destiny still awaits you. Do not dismiss people you meet who want to listen to your story, who have a similar story to yours. Don't dismiss what may seem like coincidences or bridges too far meeting someone or reading about someone, starting a business like Lisa's done, like one you've always thought about building, feeling a tug of affection for someone after losing your spouse or a divorce. A thought enters your mind about writing, about your experiences. There are so many innumerable examples of things that might unfold. And third, so amazing, don't do it alone. Don't go alone. Whether you reach out to a clergy, counsel, a life coach, psychologist, consider teaming up with someone as you confront the adversities in your life. Teaming up allows for your visions to be your future, to be kindled by someone else's. It can really help to be listened to, but also to hear when someone thinks you should take needed actions to fuel your perspective, increase your momentum, and honor your potential. And that is hope that is hope. And so with this, I want to wish you all a good week, no matter what you're facing. I pray that you have, no matter what, a good Christmas. And into the year, the new year of 2023, that you may at some point experience the unconditional love of Emmanuel God with us, that we should all strive to be vessels of love towards each other and also to ourselves. No matter what lies in store for us in these days, weeks, and months, I pray that we will always choose to love, to know that we are loved, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being with me, for sharing so much. Um, So next week is Christmas, and we won't be doing a broadcast. We'll be celebrating with our families. And then coming up after Christmas, of course, is the new year. So I think that our next episode is going to be January the 8th. And we'll be meeting with Tony O'Keefe as she's going to be talking about just bringing the light and life into, into your life as she's gone through things in her life. And um, again, join me on uh, my my website, ShaunaAnthony.com, so that you can see the replays. And please do go and get that journal that we have for you at the, uh, the gift store, free for you for a Christmas gift or someone else that you love. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here tonight.